In the United States, black people as a whole have less access to good health care, to education, and job opportunities than other groups. But who do we even mean when we say black people? Who counts as black? It's a question this country has been trying to answer from the very beginning. Listen on NPR's Code Switch podcast. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Ann Powers. Hey, Ann. Hello, Robin. And Stephen Thompson. Hello, Robin. It's New Music Friday, that glorious day of the week when most albums come out. The NPR Music team listens to hours and hours of music, and we winnow the list down to the handful of releases we love the most and that you should listen to now. It's April 17th, and this week we've got new music from Shabazz Palaces, Lido Pimienta, and more. But we start off with a, an album I know that we've all been waiting for for years, the one record that we're most excited about, from Fiona Apple. The album is called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I've waited many years. Every print I left upon the track has led me here. And next year it'll be clear this was only leading me to that. This is Fiona Apple. The album is Fetch the Bolt Cutters. This song is the opening cut. I want you to love me. We have been waiting eight years for this record. And good Lord, I I literally just stood in awe of it. I know that my jaw was hanging open on many occasions while listening to this one. Fiona Apple always has that effect on me. And uh, this album is absolutely no disappointment. In fact, I think it might be the album of the year. I'm ready to venture that. Uh, totally agree. Even, totally agree. <laughs> even this early. And, you know, here's a quote from the song we just heard, I Want You to Love Me, where Fiona says, I know that time is elastic, and I know when I go, all my particles disband and disperse, and I'll be back in the pulse. And I know none of this will matter in the long run, but I know a sound is still a sound around no one. And while I'm in this body, I want somebody to want, and I want what I want. And I want you to love me. And you know what? That's what makes this record great because she is fully aware that this is a strange time to release a record. But as with all of her music, it is insistently her. It is insistently a journey inside her head, inside her collaborative process with an amazing group of musicians. And it it makes no compromise and allows for no question as to whether or not 
this deserves your attention. Yeah, I agree. I think this record is extraordinary. I'm not sure if there's an artist working right now who has a firmer grasp on her own quality control process. Has she made a bad song? She's put out five albums in the last roughly 25 years, and they're all great. And I think this one is just consistently grabby and quotable and musically limber and percussive and warm and just grabby in so many ways. I love this record from start to finish. It sounds so good. People are going to obsess over this record for years to come. I love it. Well, honestly, we could devote an entire episode to the Fiona Apple record. Uh, We're only scratching the surface here. So here's what we're going to do. This afternoon on Friday, April 17th, we're going to have a live listening party on NPR Music's YouTube channel. We're going to play the entire record from Fiona Apple, uh, then have a, a deep dive discussion about it. So at 3 p.m. Eastern, it's at 3 p.m. in the afternoon Eastern time, go to YouTube, search for NPR Music. You'll find our channel and uh, join us for this Fiona Apple listening party. Her record, Fetch the Bolt Cutters from Fiona Apple. And from Fiona Apple, let's go next to Rina Sawayama. She's got a new record out today called Sawayama. This is Rina Sawayama, the singer Rina Sawayama. Her record is called Sawayama, and this song is called STFU. Uh, She's originally from Japan, but grew up in London, and this is her debut record. And man, the whole time I was listening to this, I just kept thinking about all the young pop artists who are just obliterating genres. Yeah. And, you know, she just keeps you guessing almost every step of the way. Absolutely, Robin. Also, though, this record reaches back, I think, a little bit, right, to the turn of the 1990s into the 2000s, don't you think? Somebody out there compared one of the songs to Evanescence. The, I remember yeah. the rock band Evanescence. Huh. And, yeah. the, you know, whoever was saying that compared it negatively to Ev- Evanescence, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Evanescence was awesome. And I loved <laughs> that era when, uh, you know, rock and pop were melding and like aggressiveness coming from uh, young divas was really valued. And she has that. I just imagine her presiding over a futuristic junkyard where she's like some sort of she's some sort of time traveler who's picking through the scraps of the last 25 years worth of pop and R&B and like new metal yeah. and and finding the little th- threads and strains that she likes and putting them together in songs that blur those genres to where they're kind of indistinguishable from one another. 
she's just not beholden to any one style or sound. In a way, I, I th- remember at the beginning of this year when we talked about a musician named Poppy. Exactly who, who I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah and, and like this is like a poppier version of Poppy. Rina Sawayama is the artist. Her record is called Sawayama. Let's go next to the singer Lido Pimienta. Lido Pimienta has a new one called Miss Columbia. This is the singer Lido Pimienta. Her new record is called Miss Colombia, and the song we're listening to is Quiero Que Me Salves. And joining us to talk about this one is NPR Music contributor Stephanie Fernandez. Hey, Stephanie. Hi, Robin. I am new to Lido Pimienta, and I thought this was a pretty extraordinary album. Uh, maybe just start by telling us who she is for people who haven't heard of her before. Absolutely. Lida Pimienta is a Toronto-based Colombian artist. This is her third album, and it's been five years in the making. And this project, she told me in an interview for NPR, was a bit more intentional. This one spans more of an exploration of national identity and coming to understand what it means to be from somewhere. And the spark for writing this project was actually the 2015 Miss Universe pageant when Steve Harvey mistakenly announced that the winner of the pageant was Miss Colombia and not Miss Philippines, who had actually won. Yeah, she gets into some pretty heavy themes around racism and discrimination. We just talked about the Rina Sawayama record and how she challenges a lot of notions of identity. Yeah. And and that's also something that Lido Pimienta is doing as well. You know, her official bio I read describes her as an Afro-Indigenous Colombian Canadian punk folklorist traditionalist transgressive diva angel. She is all of those things and more. What she told me stuck with her about that moment from the Miss Universe pageant was the public outcry from Colombians on social media, which was unfortunately, a lot of it was was pretty racist, directed at Harvey and at Miss Philippines. And the irony of it is that, of course, Miss Colombia got a lot more renown and international recognition because of the mistake. And, and she said that the moment really sparked for her this question of, am I even Colombian anymore? Being away from my country for so many years now and becoming less and less accustomed to national sentiments and how people respond to these things, especially in moments of shame like this one for her. Am I even part of these people anymore? Of course, that's complicated even more for for her being an Afro-Colombian woman, an indigenous YU woman, both identities which unfortunately in the Colombian mainstream are, are suppressed or erased. Well, this was another album that everyone on the NPR music team universally loved and was just completely blown away by. 
Lido Pemienta is the singer. Her new record is called Miss Columbia. Thanks so much, Stephanie. Thank you, Robin. Let's play one more album before we take a break. It comes from the singer-songwriter Sarah Siskind. She's got a new one out today called Modern Appalachia. Why should I care anyway If he doesn't look this way If he has nothing to say After the fire Am I just wasting my time Is my dollar just worth a dime To be a punk rocker This is the singer Sarah Siskind. Her new record is called Modern Appalachia. And this song we're listening to is called Punk Rock Girl. She is an Americana and folk singer originally from North Carolina. And man, this is another record I hit and just immediately thought, wow, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah, her voice is just such a treasure. There's just this warmth and this tremble to the way that she sings. I first heard Sarah Siskind the way I think a lot of people first heard her when Justin Vernon from Bon Iver started playing her song Lovin's for Fools in concert and bringing her out into the world. He ended up reissuing a record that she had put out that he really loved. And she's put out a few things here and there. She spent a lot of time as just like a busy working songwriter. Uh, She wrote a lot of songs for the TV show Nashville. And all that time, she's just maintained that big, beautiful, beautiful, clear voice. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and just see if I, what kind of rise I get out of you too. And that is, um, <laughs> you know, you listen to someone like Rina Sawayama or the Fiona record, and, you know, we mentioned the singer Poppy, and, and you think, you know, there's so many amazing, mind-blowing things happening in music now. Where does a, a singer-songwriter like Sarah Siskind fit in this picture for you? I think it's relevant in several different ways. One, as a storyteller, Sarah Siskin brings us into her own world. Uh, She takes chances in these stories, uh, writes about very personal situations, like, for example, living alone for the first time in her own life after getting divorced. And then two, Robin, you were talking about how Rina Sariyama is post-genre. Is, you know, Sarah Siskind is actually post-genre too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, the, the world she comes out of, the world of someone like Alison Krauss or, or Vince Gill, as well as Justin Vernon, those are places where those kinds of boundaries are being eradicated as well, just in different ways, possibly quieter ways, but just as adventurous in their own, in their own journeys. I also think... 
we're never going to run out of use for artists who can articulate our emotions in clear and beautiful ways. And I think this is a musically adventurous record, but I also think it's just a deeply relatable record sung by an artist with a voice that just cuts through a lot. And that artist is... Sarah Siskind. Her new record is called Modern Appalachia. We still have a few other albums that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday, along with our lightning round of other notable releases. But first, we need to take a short break, and we'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as isolation, depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com songs to learn more and get 10% off your first month. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Ann Powers and Stephen Thompson. And we're looking at the best albums out on April 17th. We start the second half of our show off with a new one from Shabazz Palaces. It's called The Dawn of Diamond Dreams. This is Shabazz Palaces. Their new one is called The Dawn of Diamond Dreams. And this cut we're listening to is called Fast Learner. For this one, we welcome back John Morrison, host of XPN's Culture Cypher Radio and of the iHeartRadio podcast, Serious Rap Shit. Hey, John. Hey, what's up, Robin? Shabazz Palaces is a band from Seattle we've been following and loving for quite a while now. Um, Largely the work of vocalist and producer Ishmael Butler. This is their fifth full-length album, and I think it's fair to to call them real visionaries. Artists, I think, who've um, they've really worked over the years to completely reimagine what hip-hop can be. Yeah, absolutely. Ishmael Butler has uh, a long track record of doing exactly what you said, kind of pushing against the boundaries of uh, hip-hop orthodoxy. He was the leader of the trio diggable planets and now with shabazz palaces is kind of taken that experimental nature and that practice of just like pushing the boundaries of hip-hop into a completely other dimension really yeah so much of their work is about you know the world of sound they create and i love how contorted and completely bonkers they get Um, but lyrically i think they're also turning things 
pretty upside down. I'm, I'm not sure how to describe what it is that Ishmael Butler is rapping about, but it's almost like stream of consciousness. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I've interviewed Ishmael Butler before and got into both his production process, but also the lyric writing process. And yeah, I would say it's very much stream of consciousness. Lyrically, everything on this album is kind of impressionistic and surreal. There's a lot of like sex, money, excess and opulence in this record. But it's not it's not even so much that the songs are about anything in particular. It's really like very much a specific feeling yeah. that he's bringing with the music and the lyrics. And it's just this kind of like weird psychedelic hood music. Whenever I listen, I always feel like I'm hearing the future, you know, like like the rest of the world just hasn't even caught up to this yet. Shabazz Palaces is the band. Their new one is called The Dawn of Diamond Dreams. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank you, Robin. I appreciate it. All right, from Shabazz Palaces, let's go to the band Zelma Stone. This is a new discovery for us this week. Zelma Stone, their album is called Dreamland. The sun can't change This is Zelma Stone, the band Zelma Stone. The album is called Dreamland, and the song we're listening to is called Fly. This is a a band from the Bay Area fronted by Chloe Zelma Studebaker, Um, and their music just lives in this, you know, moody, broody, rainy day space that I love so much. Yeah, Zelma Stone is led by a singer-songwriter named Chloe Zelma Studebaker, uh, who unfortunately in the last 10 or so years has lost a lot of people close to her. She lost her brother in a car accident. She lost her mother, her grandfather. She lost a close friend in the ghost ship fire in Oakland a few years back. Um, and, And so that loss informs a lot of the songwriting, specifically on this EP, Dreamland, that conceptually holds a lot of those stories. At the same time, as grief-stricken as it is, as sad as it is, there's also this light, cool, almost shrugging sway to it. Uh, Feels a little bit like the Velvet Underground in in spots. And that, that kind of tempers the sadness of the record in a way that makes it feel beautiful and appealing at the same time. 
Yeah, Chloe Studebaker has noted that, uh, you know, a lot of people are obviously afraid of death, and but also of the grief that it brings. Um, but she has said that, you know, it's important to face it because if you don't, it will just follow you. And that's what she's doing on these songs, you know, as she works through her through her own grief with all the many losses that you mentioned. I also think, you know, it's a recurring theme this week, but there is a quiet defiance in these songs that uh, I also really like. Zelma Stone is the band. The album is called Dreamland. And we've got one more record that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday. But as always, there are a handful of other notable albums that we should mention. I'll start with the band The Pack AD. They've got a new one called It Was Fun While It Lasted. This is a really artful garage rock band from Vancouver. Uh, they've been together about 15 years, and they're calling this one their last album. It was fun while it lasted from the Pack AD. Shelby Lynn, the singer-songwriter Shelby Lynn, has a new self-titled album out today, as does the music sort of sound collage artist RJD2. He's got one called The Fun Ones out today. He's perhaps best known to some for doing the theme to the Mad Men TV show. That song was called A Beautiful Mind, and now he's back with a new full-length called The Fun Ones. Tech Nine, the rapper and singer Tech Nine, has a new album out today called Interfere. He released two EPs in the past six months, one called Interfere Level 1 and Interfere Level 2. Now he has this full-length studio album called Interfere. And I'll also mention the Ed O'Brien solo record. Uh, Ed O'Brien, the guitarist for Radiohead, Bob Boylan just had a great interview with Ed O'Brien about the making of his new solo album called Earth under the name EOB. The record is called Earth. If you want to hear a great pop song uh, in the indie vein, I suggest you go straight to Ron Sexsmith, who has a new record called Hermitage this week. But I want to save most of my breath for a special record. So Shel Silverstein, who you might know from writing songs like A Boy Named Sue and uh, writing the great classic book, Where the Sidewalk Ends, worked a lot here in Nashville. He's been gone from the earth for many years, but he often worked with the great Bobby Bear. Bobby Bear's now 85 years old. He's still out there doing his thing. And this week, uh, he's releasing a lost Shel Silverstein classic. It's a concept album called Great American Saturday Night. It was, it was recorded in 1978, and it's really a trip back into the psychedelic country era, the waning days of that maybe. But it's a really funny, really sharp, still relevant collection of songs. And, and if you need a laugh in these trying times, I really recommend going straight to Great American Saturday Night by Bobby Bear. Well, I want to call out the uh, soul and R&B group Division, that's spelled D-V-S-N. Uh, they did a gorgeously lit and very, very popular Tiny Desk concert in 2018. Their new album is called Amuse in Her Feelings. Uh, a band from my home state of Wisconsin, uh, a town of New Berlin, Wisconsin, Brett Newski, uh, kind of a smart aleck folk punk guy. He's got a really fun new record called Don't Let the Bastards Get You Down. Pianist Sophie Hutchings has a gorgeous collection of solo piano pieces called Scattered on the Wind. Robin, one of your favorites, a discovery that I got from you this year, Girl Skin, a chamber pop band from Brooklyn uh, with really nice strings. Their full-length album, Shade is on the Other Side, is out today. And a couple of longtime veteran artists uh, with new albums I want to call out, Soul Asylum, their 12th album uh, from the Twin Cities Legends is called Hurry Up and Wait. And finally, the final, the 12th and final album from Eddie Money, a Brand New Day. It was supposed to come out last summer but it was postponed when he got sick and ultimately died in September. The final album from Eddie Money is called Brand New Day. 
all those albums out now on April 17th, along with the last one that we want to play. It's from the composer John Adams. It's a new recording of a recent piano concerto of his. It's called Must the Devil Have All the Good Tunes. This is the composer John Adams and a new recording of his piano concerto, Must the Devil Have All the Good Tunes. And we're listening to a little bit of the opening track, the first movement uh, of this concerto. And back to talk about this one with us is NPR Music's Tom Heisinga. Hey, Tom. Hey, Robin. Seems like I was just here a couple weeks ago talking about a piano concerto. Yeah, in late February, it was the, um, the Thomas Addis one. You know, and I was thinking that piano concerto just felt so very singular But now we've got another really stunning new piano concerto, this time from John Adams. And uh, that opening that you just played, doesn't it remind you of something? Totally the Peter Gunn theme, but slowed slowed down a little bit. Yes, right. Kind of this churning Peter Gunn theme. And I think with that, as a start to the concerto and the goofy title that he gives it, it just spells out a lot of fun along with like heavy doses of virtuosity. So John Adams, often thought of as uh, America's greatest living composer, he's the guy that wrote the operas Nixon in China and Dr. Atomic and many other orchestral and chamber pieces. This is his piano concerto that premiered just about exactly a year ago in Los Angeles with the soloist Yuja Wang and Gustavo Dudamel conducting the LA Philharmonic. And this is the world premiere recording out now with the same lineup of musicians. It's a 25 minute piece in three movements, a fast one and a slow one and then a fast one. And Robin, these fast parts are wickedly difficult. And that's why Adams wrote it for pianist Yuja Wang, one of the really the top players in terms of virtuoso technique today. Yeah, let's let's hear a little bit of what you're talking about there. We'll scooch ahead here in this uh, first movement about seven or eight minutes in and uh, hear what's going on here. Adams calls this first movement gritty, funky, but in strict tempo. Just the strength. I I play piano, and just knowing the strength required to play something like this, my God, I mean, it just made my hands kind of ache just listening to it. (laughs) It is superhuman strength. You know, years ago, Robin, um, we invited her into our studio here at NPR, and she played a little bit for uh, Stevens, Keep an Eye. And she is a very small person, very petite. But what she does at the keyboard is unbelievable. And that's why she has this reputation today as being able to do the most knuckle-busting things out there. Let's hear a little bit of uh, the third movement of the piece.
there's even a jazzy feel I think you could hear. You know, Adam's dad played clarinet in a swing band in the 1930s, and Adams calls the final, the third movement of the piece, Obsession Swing, and I think you can hear just a little flavor of that there in the uh, the piano part and the orchestral part. But overall, what I love about this piece, Robin, is the sheer propulsive abandon, its willingness to take some risks, and of course, you know, the stunning performances by Yuji Wang and the L.A. Phil. I mean, this is classical music guaranteed not to put you to sleep. John Adams is the composer. His piano concerto is called Must the Devil Have All the Good Tunes. Thanks so much, Tom. Thank you, Robin. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. Thanks, Anne. Thank you so much. And Stephen. Thank you, Robin. If you want to see a full list of everything that we talked about and hear full versions of the songs we featured on this week's show, go to our website, npr.org slash allsongs. You can also listen to the playlist in both Apple Music and Spotify. Just open those apps and search for NPR's New Music Friday playlist. Also, a reminder to sign up for our newsletter to keep up with all the latest from NPR Music, including Tiny Desks, Music News, Special Features, and more. Just go to npr.org slash music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. Take care, everyone. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music.